You all don't know this, but I have the best seat in the house just now. Because you all heard a solo up here. I got to hear a Papa Grandson duet. <laughs> Preston, that was awesome. And uh, if you haven't made, met Paige yet, she's right up here. And we pray that she will walk every day holding God's hands. We also pray for a, another daughter of God, Alice, who if you'll allow me to read a text message that was just passed on to me. It's from Alan Silverbloom, who is with Alice at UCI right now. Set her up to watch live Calamesa worship from her bed. She's, this was to Pablo, she's enjoying her children's story. She is doing well and hopes to be discharged tomorrow. So I don't know if the cameras can kind of pan around. If you all want to wave to Alice. We hope to see you back here soon, Alice. Some of you may have been here probably about five years ago now. When I gave a little self-disclosure, because we are a safe church family, right? And I shared with you that I enjoy watching wrestling. Do you guys remember this? If you were here, yes, some of you raised your hands. And I know you were listening and some of you are here because every once in a while you'll come up to me and ask me, hey, do you know this happened? And what do you think about that? And I'm like, sorry, don't watch wrestling anymore. I can't. We have kids now. <laughs> so um, guilty pleasures. Anybody have guilty pleasures? Oh, come on. Trace has a guilty pleasure. Mike has a guilty pleasure. Mike, what are some of your guilty pleasures? Um, in fifth grade, I learned how to blow little bubbles off my tongue using spit. <laughs> very entertaining and gross. Does anybody want to see a sample? <laughs> Not at church. Immediately after second service, outside in the, in the garden here, Mike will be doing a demonstration. No. <laughs> Guilty pleasures. I did a search this week, and maybe you can resonate with some of these. There were all sorts of lists. Top 10 lists, top 15 lists, broken down by gender. I'll read you a few of them. Eating Nutella by the spoonful. <laughs> I see some hands going up. Extra cheese on pizza. Oh yeah, some hands. You guys are, you have good company. Don't feel like you have to raise your hand for this. Watching TMZ. No one's raising their hands. Driving fast. Yeah, some hands, okay. Hashtag using hashtags. Okay, got some hands up for that. If you don't know what that is, ask a young person. Facebook. We're past our guilt, we just use it now, okay. Netflix marathons. 
Yeah, okay. We can talk afterwards. Okay. Eating ice cream. Now, this isn't just eating ice cream. This, eat this is eating ice cream by the tub. Okay. Some hands for that. And if you live in my house or if you were at our Bible study last night, you know, flaming hot Cheetos. Okay. All right, so church is a safe place. I can self-disclose again, right? So I have a guilty pleasure that I'd like to tell you about. One of my guilty pleasures is watching high-speed chases on TV. <laughs> you just laugh, but no one raises their hands. But apparently I'm not the only one I have good company because... If you live in Southern California, you can sign up through KFI Radio to receive text alerts free of charge on your phone whenever a high-speed chase happens in the Southland. Anybody get these? Oh, come on. Not one person gets these text messages? Okay, I get, this is a screenshot of my phone. So now you know I get these text messages. It says, KFI AM 640, Chase on northbound 57, freeway in Diamond Bar. You can watch it on channel five or on KFIAM640.com. That was, I think that was at 12 something. And then at 107, did you see that? Truck goes off the side of westbound 210 freeway in Rialto and lands on its side. The first chase I remember watching on TV was in 1994. Me too. I see all of you nodding your heads. So, see, you're not, I'm not the only one who watches high-speed chases because I was a young boy growing up in Georgia and I was watching along with 95 million Americans a high-speed chase or a speed chase that was happening in Southern California involving a white Ford Bronco. You guys remember this? You and 95 million other Americans. At that time, based on our census for our country, that means more than one-third of Americans were watching this chase. So if you want to self-disclose, look at the neighbor on either side of you and say, it was me, okay? Or you may have been one of the thousands that took to the freeways looking for this chase <laughs> or showing up at the Brentwood Mansion. But the best chases are the ones in the sleek, aerodynamic U-Haul trucks, all right? <laughs> Every once in a while you see this on TV where some guy or lady is driving a U-Haul truck trying to make a speedy getaway from the cops. What are they thinking? <laughs> where are they going to go? Choppers overhead, radios, TV cameras everywhere. And it's only a matter of time before the inevitable happens, all right? tire blows, they get into an accident, maybe they run out of gas, I don't know, they stop. And then some of them run, 
Most of them, they listen when all the guns are pointing at them and they get on the ground and they're apprehended. I don't know about you, but I watch them for two reasons. One, I want to know what sort of argument for natural selection they're going to make during this high-speed chase, okay? I don't believe in it, but it's a good theory. Second, there's a theological angle. I watch to see how the police or authorities are going to respond to the driver. Most of the time, their response of law enforcement matches the severity of the actions of the driver. Most of the time. But sometimes their responses are either a little bit more gracious or maybe even a little bit more aggressive than I would have expected. And I'd call that a disproportional response. Proportionality or proportional response. That's the humanitarian standard that we use in our military, in the way we deal with foreign relations, what our law enforcement uses, what you and I use at home as we interact with our children. For instance, in a military scenario, if your enemy takes out your missile silo, a proportional response would be that you will take out their communication network, right? A disproportional response would be if they take out a missile silo, you go and you go and bomb a mall full of civilians. Our legal system, one of the principles we adhere to is that the punishment should match the crime. Many of us do this on a daily basis at home as we interact with our kids. And as parents, we provide course correction for our children when they kind of stray. The severity of the discipline or the course correction should match the frequency and the intensity of the offense, right? So if your son comes home for the first time breaking curfew, what would your response be? Silent treatment? Oh, what's your response? You may take away their driving privileges for a couple of days, all right? Proportional response. Disproportional response would be taking the car away for a year, right? Matching the severity and the, in, and the frequency of, their, of the, of the situa- situation, excuse me. The concept of proportionality is found in the Bible. Passages pretty much in the both Old and New Testament talk about it. Many of us are familiar with, with a segment of, of, of passage from Exodus 21, where it talks about eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand. It's not talking about revenge or vindictive behavior. It's talking about a proportional response. It's how kingdom people should be living. God speaks through Paul to us this morning in Ephesians chapter 5, looking at some more life principles of kingdom living as how we should live as kingdom people. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me in Ephesians chapter 5. If you don't have one with you, there should be one in front of you in a pew. 
and give you a second. Ephesians chapter 5, and we're just going to read four, four verses today, one through four. And this is what it says. Be, follow God's example. The New King James and other translations says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, there's nothing proportional about a parent's love for a child. And he continues, walk in the way of love. And this is how God showed his love for us. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. The message says thanksgiving is our dialect. It's the language that people of God should engage in. Paul is encouraging us as to follow God's example, to imitate him. One theologian suggests the only way to imitate God is to show the same sacrificial love that Jesus has for people. When Paul called, his, called the people to imitate God, educated Greeks of his time understood what he was talking about. Teachers emphasized during that time that learning depended on three things. Theory, imitation, and practice. Theory, imitation, and practice. So his message to the friends of Ephesus was learn to live this new way of life. Learn that God sent his son down as a living sacrifice. Imitate the master teacher by loving other people and practice that lifestyle. As we seek to imitate God and follow his examples, we find in this passage that Jesus actually takes the concept of, of a proportional response and he kind of flips it upside down. Because it says Christ died for us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering, as a sacrifice to God. Jesus comes into the world that must perish and gives his life so that the world and all in it may be redeemed and have hope. There's nothing proportional about that. That's overwhelmingly generous. That's love, that's grace, that's Jesus. Recently, our junior high baptismal class, we've been discussing this passage. We've been studying the idea of living in the light of God. 
And as our conversations grew, we, we concluded that it would help us understand this better and how to, to live this out if we used affirmative language. And so if, if we were to kind of come up with a translation with these guys in our junior high Bible study, it may sound something like this. Follow God's example, imitate God because we are dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a sacrifice to God. But live a life that is totally moral. Live a life that is pure and overwhelmingly generous because this is proper for God's holy people. Now this passage for, for us as, as junior high students, it, this becomes more tangible for us now, right? Because now we can focus on being moral and trying to, to be pure and trying to be generous because we are responding to God. It's pretty impressive for a group of junior high students, right? So we took this and we decided, you know what? We're gonna live this. So each day this past week, the students in this Bible study, we challenged each other and we said, you know what? We're gonna live each day. We're gonna try to be generous to our family, to our friends, maybe to strangers and even to ourselves. And then we're gonna kind of write this down every night so that we can be thinking about living this way because we're children of light. You wanna hear from some of them this week? You wanna hear their experiences? There's four of them. There's Jeremy and Connor and Nate and Luke. So come on up, guys. And they're gonna kind of share with you their experiences this week. Let me grab a microphone. Ready to get situated here, and I think. Harold, should they use this quartered one again? All right, I thought we had this figured out already. All right, so, you wanna hold that? So, introduce yourself and maybe where you go to school, how old you are, what grade you're in. Um, I'm Jeremy, I'm in eighth grade, and I'm homeschooled. All right, so, Jeremy, tell everybody a little bit about what we did this week. Um, we had to be generous to a family member, a friend, and uh, ourselves. Okay. So can you share with the church a few examples of what you did to live generously? Um, I gave a kid a pencil whenever he forgets his pencil. Okay. A classmate. I gave a classmate a pencil? Yeah. Okay. What else? Um, and I did the dishes. You did Both the dishes? Of, yeah. The week, Every day, week. right? Yeah. Whole week when I'm not. That's, that's big work, right? That's living generous, isn't it? So hold on. So tell, tell the people, how did it make you feel? What did it do for you when you live generously? Uh, it feels good that you're doing the right thing. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks for sharing. All right, Luke, tell everybody your name and... Um, I'm Luke. I'm a seventh grader at Loma Linda Academy. All right, so can you share a couple of examples of what you did this week to live generously? Yeah, um, I help my brothers with homework, and 
um, shared food with somebody that forgot their food. Okay, cool. So you shared food, you helped your brothers with homework? Yeah. How did that make you feel? Um, it made me feel good, and it made me feel like I would want to do this more often. And All right, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Luke. All right. All right, Connor, tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, how, what grade you're in, where you go to school. Um, I'm Connor. I'm a seventh grader at Loma Linda Academy. All right. And so share with the church, what are some of the things that you did this week to live generously? Um, well, earlier, like, at school, I talked to this new kid who had just come over from Korea and mm -hmm. stuff. And then um, I helped uh, someone in our class with their homework. Okay. So you talked to a new kid in school, and you helped somebody with their homework. What did that do for you? How did that make you feel? Um, it feels really good because, like, j just if you think about it for a little bit, you can do a lot. All right. Cool. Thanks. All right, and this is uh, this is Nate. Nate, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. My name's Nate. I'm a seventh grader at Loma Linda Academy. Uh, two things I did this week was one, one of the kid didn't have enough money to buy French fries. I bought some French fries for him. Right. That's important. <laughs> and then I helped the same kid with his English homework. All right, cool. And what did that do for you? It helped me feel closer to God. Okay. And it made me feel real good. All right, cool. Can you give them a hand? Thanks for sharing, guys. That's just a few things that a few junior high students did. But the things that we can do the perspective on life that we can have will look different for us, right? They lived generously in their world. What does it look like to live generously in your world, in my world, right? Maybe it's when you're at the Social Security office and you get treated like another number but you choose to respond generously to that person because you're a child of God and so are they. Right? When you or another person on a Friday afternoon near Trader Joe's, you find a parking spot, you choose not to be greedy and say, I'm gonna be generous because I may not find another parking spot for 10 minutes, but I'm going to give that spot to them. When you and your friend wake up and go stand in line at five in the morning for the newest gadget, <laughs> don't judge. <laughs> and then after about six hours, at the second store you go to, you finally get up to the counter. It means that you respond generously to that poor sales associate that has had to deal with countless others before you that weren't too happy. 
And sometimes you get added benefit when you act generously to other people. You get to come home with two gadgets instead of one gadget limit, all right? But sometimes, being the humans that we are, we struggle and we fall short. We don't always live generously. We make mistakes. This week in our home, there was, a, there was someone that had a falling short moment. Surprising, right? We have a little game in our house. It's called, See How Low Our Monthly Utilities Can Be. <laughs> I feel judged. You have this game too, some of you, right? You may not call it that, but you try to do things, right? You sign up for for different programs that there might be to reduce your bill. Maybe you go out and get solar panels or or maybe you run full dishwashers and full clothes washers and turn off the lights. You know, the typical stuff that we try to do. So the story goes like this. Early in the morning this week, One of us looks outside and there's a little stream flowing from our backyard to our front yard and feeding into a little lake. The thing is, we don't normally have a stream and we don't live on lakefront property. (laughs) There were geese that were migrating that would come down and take a swim and water break. No, just kidding. But... The generous thing to do could have been to say, oh wow, our property value just increased. We're now on lakefront property. Uh, That's not what I did. Somebody did in our house. First thought was, oh, the sprinklers are broken or there's a pipe broken somewhere and that wasn't it. Someone in our family thought it would be a good idea to water the trees. And so that's a good thing except they forgot to turn off the water. We forget, it happens. Happens in my house, it happens in your house. My response was not very generous. It wasn't even proportional. Rather, it was blow you out of the water, disproportionate, and not even in a good way. Hurtful things may or may not have come out of my mouth. But I was being a good husband because I was giving Grace a chance to live generously. (laughs) And the best part is she was not even part of the junior high experiment. She didn't even know we were doing a junior high experiment. I'm a good guy. We fall short, don't we? I don't have to tell you that. But maybe, just maybe, it's those days that we need to pause and encourage one another to walk in the way of love. And remember the disproportionate love that we have already received and encourage each other to try again. 
So this morning, I'd like to encourage you to join some of our junior high students and live generously this week. And as you heard from our own students, it doesn't necessarily require any money. It requires a worldview. It requires some intentionality. If you're on social network sites, use the hashtag CalamesaLivesGenerously and share your stories. Because your stories are our stories and we can encourage one another by, by reading and sharing our experiences, both generosity received and generosity given. I want to encourage you to live generously as we respond together to the deep love of our Father. The love of our Father that we cannot measure.